It's a film with three brains. 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 Robert De Niro is a bounty hunter. Did your mother ever teach you how to talk nice to people and not shoot at them? Charles Grodin is an accountant who embezzled $15 million from the mob. It is truly in your best interest to just relax. I'm totally relaxed. I want this guy taken off. I want him taken off fast. The mob wants him dead. The FBI want him alive. I'm going to bring him into federal court. Do I make myself understand? These sunglasses, they're really nice. Are they government issued or do all you guys go like to the same store to get them? And his bail bondsman wants him in L.A. in 72 hours. They can't fly. They also suffer from acrophobia and claustrophobia. Well, I'll tell you what, if you don't cooperate, you're going to suffer from fistophobia. Travo has a funny way of bringing people together. Are oh, you going to outrace the police car? You're going to outrace the police car. Jack, where are you? I'm in Boise, Idaho. <laughs> I'm in Anchorage, Alaska. Why would you do that? Oh, you enjoy yourself. This is my room, and that's your room. Good night. I was somewhere between Toledo and Cleveland. From the director of Beverly Hills Cop. What is your plan? You guys look like you do a lot of traveling. Yeah. Midnight Run. Welcome to the Film with Three Brains. It's Sam in San Francisco. And I am Sean Chicago. And this is Cohen in Maplewood, New Jersey. And today we're going to have a lot of fun because we're discussing the 1988 movie Midnight Run. That rhymed. On <laughs> purpose. <laughs> Great. <laughs> All right. You got anything else, or is that it? <laughs> That's it. I did go to a restaurant recently, and I booked. I, I booked online, and they're like any you know special request, and it's like I'd prefer all my, my waiters speak only in verse. <laughs> <laughs> and the waiter came up, and he's like, "I'm really confused." So when you, I read what you want. He's like. Does that mean you want everything I say to rhyme? I'm like, I don't know what else verse can mean. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I guess if you want to make it sound poetic prose, without yeah. rhyming. Um, right. You should have told him, no, I want you to speak in iambic pentameter, dumbass. <laughs> so, yeah, he had a hard time with it. He tried it a couple of times. But nice. he, he was just like, I just feel like I'm really forcing it. So, yeah. Like, you gotta right, appreciate well, the effort though yeah that's, i did i was like yeah. you know the, the better the rhymes the better the tips and he was like oh, <laughs> <laughs> screwed <laughs> so anyway we were talking about midnight run almost mm-hmm. almost so uh you guys see this thing recently besides this time no uh, years i've seen it years uh probably saw in the theater i would imagine uh probably snuck in uh, and I'm sure I rented it when it came out or a couple years later, maybe. So I've probably seen it twice before this, but not since it was, you know, I don't know. Not since, since probably the early nineties. Yeah. It's my guess. Oh, yeah. yeah. Same. I think I can't remember if I saw it at Thornton's house in his Mike, in Mike's uh, catalog of wonders. <laughs> yeah. Um, that, but yeah, basically once, back in the day and then maybe once over the years this is probably only my third time seeing it and i, I think i met i mentioned like six eight months ago on the podcast like we were um just you know as we do shooting all kinds of titles um or you know referencing all this stuff and and i said i wasn't like excited about this movie and i don't really know why i think maybe when i was a kid i just you know there's too much that I didn't relate to, you know, um, maybe it's the relationships, maybe it's the mob stuff. I don't know. I mean, I mean, I remember liking it. I just, I remember feeling like it was, was beyond me somehow. Maybe it was all the smoking. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but yeah, it's, it, it, it's the kind of movie that, that, you know, 
middle-aged guys like us, you know, it's it's right up our alley, I'd say. Yeah. More so than when, you know, I was a kid. So I like I liked it more than I remember. Hmm. Interesting. Whatever, for what that's worth, yeah. Sam? I have seen this movie a few times and probably within probably somewhere around 10 years ago was the last time I saw it. Mm-hmm. Um, this is Job, our previous guest, his wife's favorite movie, if I recall, or oh, that's I don't right. know if I it still is, but <laughs> it is. Um, and so I'm pretty sure we watched it back then, but I know I've seen it since. It's one of these movies where for me, I'm like, anytime it would be on or something, I'd want to watch it just because I find it so amusing. Yeah. It's, it's, it's the only movie I think of when I think of Charles Grodin. (laughs) Well, it's one of two. It's gotta be, you must think of, (laughs) so I married an ex murderer. So so I married an ex murderer. Yeah. Okay. Not, Not Beethoven. Not Beethoven. No, not Beethoven. Or the shaggy Clifford. dog. <laughs> no. But to me, I just think this this is, he is so perfect in this movie. Yeah. That it just, yeah. And the two of them have such great chemistry. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I was trying to figure out, you know, what is it? Is it underrated or just kind of forgotten? I think it's just kind of or, forgotten. You know, which is why we do this, because mm-hmm. now millions of people will be remembered. My wife, I don't think she had ever seen it. Or she had never seen it. I don't think she was really familiar with it. Okay. She watched it with me. It was the first time she'd ever seen it. I, yeah, I think it's just, experience? I just think it's, she thought it was funny. She enjoyed it. You know, my, you know Sean, my, my reaction was, I wouldn't say the opposite of yours, but sort of a little different. Like, I remember this being laugh out loud funny. Mm-hmm. in like key moments some of the, you know like some of the best parts i remember just thinking were hysterical and in between was like a pretty good action comedy or action movie and then what i found was that as i was watching it the what the parts i thought were these like these high peaks weren't really that high but what i had what i didn't or my my sort of point of view changed in that i had this just like consistent enjoyment throughout it mm-hmm. like i really enjoyed it a lot from start to finish, like every damn moment. There was no peaks and valleys this time. It was just all really high. Not quite as high as my memory of the best parts, but far more consistent, if that makes right. any sense. And that's not, that's not a criticism at all. I just I, really, really enjoyed it. And I, I, I just, I didn't realize how consistently good it was. I just smiled throughout the whole damn movie. I just really, yep. really liked it. And it's almost entirely because of the dialogue and the performances, you know, yeah. yeah, I think one thing I noticed this time, you know, going through it is how well done the the more sentimental moments are. Yeah, um, it, a, a lot of comedies have that, and sometimes it, it like it feels forced, yeah. and or that the the it no longer like you feel like the that it's 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 not only forced by the actors, but by the writers too. Like, Oh, we need, we need this, this mm-hmm. moment. Um, but there were, were, there were little moments that were pieced together throughout the whole movie that the end of the movie is, is, you know, it's a nice touching scene. It doesn't end with, you know, it's after the action and after everything else. And it's not funny, um, but yeah. it's still great. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is one uh, I'll do a really brief uh, synopsis real quick because I will say other people I talk to about this movie um, have no idea what it is. Um, hmm. My office mate, who's just a few years younger than me, no idea. You know, Vivian, she's like, I think my dad liked it. I don't, I don't know the movie. <laughs> you know, like that was she had no idea. So anyway, real quick, uh, Robert De Niro is a ex cop turned bounty hunter who is um, sent to from L.A. to New York to find uh, Charles Grodin, who is a mob accountant who uh, stole uh, $15 million from the mob. So the FBI is after him, after the accountant, because uh, he's got the inside workings of the mob, I guess. The mob's after him, uh, obvious reasons. And then the 
Robert De Niro's Jack Walsh is after him to collect a $100,000 bounty fee. And so essentially it's got to get from New York to LA. Um, and they're so five days. Gonna take, yeah. in five days. And, and they're thwarted kind of with every mode of transportation they take, uh, get cross country that's pretty much pretty much the the whole thing um yeah i think that this is one of those movies you know i always like to point out when i think the first like 10 minutes are done perfectly as far as setting up what the movie's about who your main characters are you know the the opening scene you, you right away you get the sense that De Niro uh, doesn't care about the rules or play by the rules, do his own thing, clever, all of that. It's, it's, it's a great, uh, <laughs> a little you know, bit lucky. <laughs> moment. Yeah. It's nearly gets his head door. Off. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a great opening. It's, a, it's yeah. a, you set up exactly who he is, you know, and, mm-hmm. and how he's going to work, you know, and it's like know, a, not... it's like a shorter version of the opening of Beverly Hills Cop, which is also Martin Brest. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yep. Good good observation. Yeah. And I like um you know, John Ashton is a rival bounty hunter and uh I, I think he does a great job too. Yeah. The, yeah. the whole movie is just he's so enjoyable. It's and it, you know, I always think of him, obviously from Beverly Hills Cop. Um Sure. But <laughs> but I think he really he he really nails it as his character too. Yeah. He looks so much bigger in this movie for some reason than he did in Beverly Hills Cop. I don't know why. Maybe he's just standing next to De Niro and Grodin, which I don't, I never, I don't know what, what, why that thought came to mind. <laughs> what I was thinking of a lot was two other movies that came out, I think, in the same year, in 88, that were also road trip movies. Um, planes, Trains, and Automobiles because yeah. there's so much... Because it's an odd couple... I mean, yeah. that's the, um, and there's so much, you know, hit, hit and, you know, just stop and start transportation yeah. shenanigans. Um, and then, um, you know, Rain Man too, a little bit because, mm-hmm. um, that's more of a drama that's, but you know, similar, similar things happening, you know, two characters mm-hmm. that are different, getting to know each other on the road and all that stuff. And it's just weird that they all came out at the same time. And, and what, what specifically I thought of was the airport stuff, because that's exactly what they did in Rain Man. And I think Rain Man came mm. out a little after this. Yeah. Well, also, Martin Brest yeah. was supposed to direct Rain Man. Oh, that makes sense. And he developed it through pre-production, but he bailed on, uh, like, he, he left um, right before they started shooting due to creative differences. Whatever wow. that means, you know. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, when he's when he's saying I can't fly, I can't do this, you know, I was thinking Qantas, the only airline hasn't crashed, you know, that's that <laughs> yeah, right, <thing>. right, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't think there's any. I mean, we you you made the the correct comparison, which is the the breast connection, but yeah, it's just like, I don't know if it's an '80s thing, but you know, this is like the kind of movie we loved, sure, and still do. I think yeah. I, don't, I don't think it's gone. I don't think it doesn't work today. Maybe maybe a little different with you know the technology and stuff and like wiring money to yeah. Western Union and shit. I, I, was, was, weird, I but... was amused by a lot of these sort of anachronisms from the eighties. Yeah. Oh that, yeah. You know the things you could sort of get away with. Um, yeah. The way John Ashton and Robert De Niro got information from people. You know, <laughs> it's just like, hey, can you tell me where I last used my credit card? Right. <laughs> you know. Oh sure, it was this. Thank you. And why don't we just cancel that? Okay. <laughs> what did he verify with his address? And like, did he have the actual numbers, or did he? I don't think he verified shit. No, I think he said an address <laughs> or, or something. He, oh, he, he had like he his said home something. address or something. I don't know how he got that, but. And yeah, I was also well, it was it was very yeah. surface level. There's very little very little security involved. There. Yes. Right. Well, yeah. the uh, yeah the the very recent uh, totally killer uh, you right. know, horror comedy uh, on <laughs> Amazon makes makes. Uh, light of that when she yeah. goes back to the late 80s yeah. um, <laughs> she can't believe that but yeah it's true and then running to a you know a payphone to make a call mm-hmm. you know over and over right. <laughs> yeah payphones are important in this yeah 
What was the device, just to finish up on technology stuff, the, the thing that he had with the radio frequency and he, his, so he called um, the wife, I guess, mm-hmm. and then, and then uh, traced the, traced their, their phone call. You're talking about and Robert were, De Niro? De Niro, yeah, he had a thing what in his he car. Did, so what he did is he had a tape recorder. Okay. And he was, the tape recorder was like sort of patched to the call or her phone. And so, or uh, whoever the hell, who, I forgot who he called. Yeah, so he calls her. And the whole reason he does this all is so she'll hang up and call Charles Grodner, whoever right. knows where Charles Grodner is. And in those days, each, each numbered key, if you remember, had a different tone. So all okay. he did was record the tone of her dialing the buttons. Right. So he had the number. And from that, he could get the number. But how did he capture the... I mean, it wasn't a direct trace. Like It wasn't like a physical tap. Um, or or maybe I it was. Oh, yeah. Maybe it was just, maybe it was just a, a tap. I mean, uh, sorry. A, um, well, he wasn't inside the house yet, so I don't know if he... He didn't plant a bug or anything. No. I don't, I don't remember. Know. He no, had a I... digital device, which was... What, which way me think. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> it's clever. Everything, every, all that stuff is pretty clever, mm-hmm. even if you're not exactly sure how it works. But there's actually a, a scene in a different movie from the 80s with uh, with um, Dan Aykroyd. You guys remember? Um, oh, what the hell was that called? Uh, the 90s uh, with sneakers, but. No, no, no. He, uh, it, It's definitely the 80s. And it, it's um, Dr. He did Demen- Dragnet. No, no, no. Uh, oh, Dr. Detroit or something? Yes, that's yeah. it. Is that what it's called? And so. he actually, and there's a scene where he actually, he he dials a phone number with his voice. <laughs> it's pretty funny. He goes, and it works. I don't know if that would have actually worked, but they did, they did used to have each key had its, its number had its own tone and, and it wasn't, it didn't take long before i don't know i mean i don't i don't even know if this movie had anything to do with it but sooner or later they're like wait a minute this is problematic <laughs> <laughs> and then they changed it all to the, the single tone hmm. anyway hmm. anywho speaking of martin breast mm-hmm. he's he's got like he's such an interesting director he's got like three near masterpieces and then one absolutely dreadful piece of shit that most people consider to be one of the worst movies ever made. And then another one that's also <laughs> kind of fucking terrible. Um, All right. So you're talking about Gili, right? Yeah. Gili. That's Which yeah. was 20 years ago. He's never made a movie since. I still haven't seen it. I never have either. Yep. The good ones are <laughs> yeah. Scent of a Woman, Midnight Run, and Beverly Hills Cop. Yep. And then the mm-hmm. other kind of dreadful one is Meet Joe Black, which is pretty terrible. He's got a couple oh. before Beverly Hills Cop, but, uh, you know, going in style is, you know. I was just thinking about... George you know, Burns movie. Oh, okay. I was we thinking about the, George Burns, yeah. the buttons and the, you know, beep, boop, boop. And mm-hmm. the, it, was thinking, it made me think of war games and how he, he does, sure. he records. And it's funny that Martin Brest was supposed to direct war games. Right. Mm-hmm. He was fired three weeks in. <laughs> it doesn't say why just you know replaced with John Bad right. anyway we'll get to that eventually but yeah, yeah. Why, why did he is it, is it like I mean I mean a lot of directors we talk about have a varied filmography and sure. some you know even if they yeah. have a lot of strong movies they're gonna have some turds here yeah are you saying it's just surprising how bad his turds are yes yes yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's pretty crazy. It's pretty crazy. That the same guy who made Geely made Scent of a Woman that made this, that made Beverly Hills Cop. Yeah. It, it, you know, oof, Lord, that swing is pretty, pretty, you know, it's a pretty wide swing. I'm just saying that, that I think is pretty uncommon. I agree. And from what you read, you know, that they, um, uh, like De Niro seems to really appreciate what he did on this movie and, Mm-hmm. His style and, and yeah, it's I mean, hard to put your finger on it, but there, there's a, there's a lot of reasons a bad movie turns out bad. You know, no one's setting out to make a piece of shit, but sometimes it happens. And I'm not saying Geely is Martin Brest's fault at all, but it's still sort of fascinating. This, uh, yeah, this is interesting for De Niro because you know we're used to him at this point 
doing comedies and but for him this was his first real step in a comedy like he was trying to be a different character yeah you know we're, we're you know before this movie we're used to you know de niro and taxi driver untouchables things like that yeah deer hunter godfather yeah yeah it's it's funny when you read the the sort of factoids about this movie and they they say blah 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 was considered for this and blah 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 was considered for this and the list is basically everybody yeah every leading man between the ages of like 25 and 45 (laughs) were basically (laughs) considered you know or you know for um jack the role of jack and then i thought it was really interesting is that they wanted the studio wanted robin williams to play yeah charles groden's role and robin williams was sort of interested he was coming off of um good morning vietnam which was a big hit and uh he agreed to audition and he never did right he i don't think he ever did because martin Brest cast charles groden after after his audition because him and robert de niro had such great chemistry he just wasn't interested in anyone else after that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he obviously made the right choice. Yeah. Um, the studio thing is weird because it's like this paramount universal conglomerate, right? They have some weird... Yeah. Um, yeah, it was going to be Paramount's deal. until... But Paramount wanted the, you know, the Mardukas, uh, the, um, the accountant, to be um, a woman. So they were <laughs> right. they were pushing share, yeah, and they, and uh, you know Martin Brest said no way, so that's when Paramount decided they didn't fully want to support it, and that's where Universal came in. Yeah, it's good that they didn't do that. Yeah, and what was the thinking there? Like they wanted they wanted sexual tension, some love story yeah. there. Yeah, oh, I think so. Silly. Yeah. But it works better the other way when you have someone who who realizes that he's become a totally absent father and you know that that seems great it it wouldn't have worked if you're gonna try to have yeah the two of them get together like it just yeah thing yeah. I like about that scene too is most movies dealing with a scene like that would make the the child be sort of sort of spiteful and angry mm-hmm. and understandably so just like you know with fuck are you i hate you and i really like the way they handle her the daughter in that scene like she's sad but she's like well that's my dad you know mm-hmm. and then she comes out and tries to give him money which i thought was just awesome yeah yeah i thought that that scene was really well done that was that's what i was saying is that the the emotional swings that this take there they're, they're never feels heavy-handed yeah. and they just work perfectly it doesn't try to over explain she doesn't get mad she's just yeah mm-hmm. it, i thought it was really well done yeah and i also like sort of the uh sort of um charles groden's his character's slow reveal of his motivations behind what he did was really interesting <laughs> yep. he never he didn't you know he doesn't just come out and say why he did what he did you know robert de niro gets yeah. a few jabs in before he even is like well that's not really why I did it, you know, which I yeah. thought was really interesting. Well, he, he kind of said, he says he gave, he gave it to charity. He says he gave that money away. Yeah. But I'm saying but why saying he like, took it in the first well, place. I think that we also don't really learn until a little too. later. I think also there's a little hint of like, you know, as, as an audience, I'm one, you're wondering, did he really take it or did he really right. give it away or did he keep it? Right. You know, is yeah. that like what's true? Like, because you know the number's not true. You find out that you know that changes. So yeah, I th- yeah they it, it unravels slowly in a, in a in a nice way. I like that. Um, the you know reading about you know the um, the 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 scriptwriter uh, George Gallo said that he based uh, the two of them and their interactions on his own parents. Um, (laughs) He said that his his father was really emotional, whereas his mom was was really calculating. And he said that, you know, she would let let his dad talk and talk and lead him down an alley and then just strike at him, you know. And you you kind of watch that over and over. It's it's, it's a great... Yeah. It's a great difference in personalities and, and style 
uh, between the two. Yeah, didn't you know? he say he didn't re- they didn't realize how funny they were when they argued? Kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's kind of sweet. It's true, though. Yeah, and, and I like that, too. That they, I mean, by the end, of okay, they kind of like each other, but, like, the very end, because they still hate each other on the train, and, you know, like, they're still joking about how they wouldn't actually be friends, and mm-hmm. and they're still, they don't really, you know, show all their cards until the very, very end. And that it, scene, you know, the train scene was mostly ad-lib, too, which I yeah, liked. that's pretty good. Yeah. And didn't but, De Niro like come up with the backstory of his watch? Yeah, from his wife and all that stuff. Yeah. And it was Martin Brest who, who told Grodin ask him something ridiculous, like he said if he's ever had sex with an animal, because he wanted to get him to laugh spontaneously. <laughs> <laughs> and he cracks, but he doesn't. He doesn't break completely. <laughs> yeah, and it goes. You know, it goes <laughs> with the chickens. With the chickens. It's, yeah, there's one or two. I might have taken a shot at. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't so, know if i could i couldn't keep a straight face there's no way i could be an actor and have someone do that and then just not burst out laughing yeah so did you guys i didn't know this until just now they made three tv movie sequels written I, by this yeah. written, written by the same writer I didn't starring, know the idea. I didn't either. Starring Christopher McDonald, who's Shooter McGavin from Happy Gilmore, oh, okay. as as Jack Walsh. All right. I'm well. I'm kind of fascinated by that. Made for TV movies. Did this, does it say what network they were? Or uh, I mean, let's see. Like, how do you how do you come up with that deal? Like, we're gonna make <laughs> three crappy sequels for TV. Right. Uh, I can't. Uh, uh, <laughs> sure. How much money? You, do you want? It says okay. Universal Television. Yeah. So they Which, probably own the rights to the film Universal. Yeah. Nineteen ninety four. Yeah. That's crazy. I wonder if you can find them anywhere. And you saw they're they're gonna make a sequel to this supposedly as of yeah twenty twenty one twenty one oh really two years yeah. ago they oh I didn't see that who. De Niro producing and uh, Regina Hall. Is that right? Yeah. Well, I mean, she's an actress, sure. She's supposed to be. I assume she's the the bounty hunter, but it didn't say. It just said she was the lead. Hmm. And he was producing it. But Hmm. it's been two years and we haven't heard anything, so. Yeah. Well, like a remake? Probably. um, Yeah, does it say remake or. I mean, how do you make a sequel, really? Charles Grodin a died. It's got to be a reboot. Yeah, it's it's got to be and a reboot. Robert is pretty fucking old. <laughs> yeah, you said he was producing. Yeah, it's got to be just a, t- a retelling of the, a similar story with different actors, different angles. Yeah. Um, I like Dennis Farina. I I, I kind of wish he had a, a a larger role. He gets a lot of lines. Yeah, I don't know. Most of I it's just, you know telling him. What he's going to do to his henchmen. Yeah, right, right. exactly. <laughs> yeah. He cracks me up. That guy, every time he talks, I'm just, I think it's really funny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I can't believe he, how few gangster movies he's been in. I mean, I can't, at least that I can think of. I mean, I think Snatch is the, is the one that yeah, comes Snatch to mind. Is, yeah, and Get Shorty. He's in Get Shorty. Get Shorty. Yeah. But he was in that show, um... What's the name of that show from the 80s? He was like filming it when this movie was made, which is why all his scenes are, are in Las Vegas, because he was there shooting the show, the TV show. The TV show in Vegas with him? Yeah. What the fuck was that called? Was it Crime Story? Right? Crime st- I think it's crime- He's a double up. I think it's that. Crime Story. Do you guys ever see that? Nope. Negative. Uh, it's... Chicago cops. I don't know why. I don't know. I read some yeah, of him. Right. Yeah, it is crime okay. story. It's crime story. But he was shooting something in Las Vegas when they when he got the role in Midnight Run. So they did. But it wasn't. I don't think it was crime story because that took place in Chicago. I don't know. I lost it. Okay. So, <laughs> but your point is he was doing these roles already. Yeah. Okay. Somewhat. Yeah. Just is, not that, the... is it Snatch where he, he says he's at the airport and they said do you have anything to declare? He goes yeah. Don't go to England. 
He's <laughs> <laughs> like, you guys invented the fucking language. Nobody speaks it. <laughs> what's accents are so Fish thick. and chips, cup of tea. <laughs> just, the way he spits it at everything yeah. else. Just great. Yeah, he's great. Oh, he's in. Um, he's also in the one with um George Clooney and Jennifer Lopez. That's another double ah, up. Ah, yes. Oh, he's a double double up. A double double up. Did you notice the double up in the diner toward the end? <sighs> serving, serving him coffee. It's a uh, Mister blanking on his name uh, from um, uh, <laughs> Emilio Estevez. Oh, why do I always blank it? Right, Repo Man. He was the other guy. Uh, balls. Sorry. <laughs> Tracy, I, Tracy Walter. I got it. Tracy Walter. A string Walter. of almost factoids. <laughs> uh, it, this happens to me all the time. Like I think of it, but I don't have enough to so he spit was it the... out. He was the he was the guy serving him coffee. I mean, it's it's a small scene. It's, it's when yeah. Alonzo catches up with him and then right. they start. Yeah, working he slides together. his glasses over. Yeah. Right. He says, "I've had a hard, hard day, hard week." You know. It's, yeah, the glasses. That's him. Anyway. It's funny because I looked at that guy. I'm like, oh, he looks familiar. Was he? He was in something, and I forgot to ever look it up. That's him. And when oh, we, have we done De Niro right, before? Right, right, right. Uh, sort of stringy hair on that guy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's also in Batman. And he's in Batman. Yes. Mm-hmm. And we haven't done Charles Grodin, right? I don't think so. Have we not done anything with Robert De Niro in it? That's that seems crazy. That can't be true. Um, well, if uh, our our legions of fans would write into the film with three brains at gmail dot com and let us know what we're missing, did we re- did we review a movie with Robert De Niro? Do we our can't jobs remember. We, the interns are slacking. We need help here. Help us out here. We're getting old. <laughs> <laughs> they have all these hours rules now. The interns can't work more than oh, 800 hours a week. Weak. So, Regulations. Yeah. That is weak. It is crazy that we have not done a Robert De Niro movie till now. Is that true? I feel like we're missing something. Um, well, I'm struggling to get to his film. Hmm. Uh, we do a Bronx Tale? No. Nope. Oh, it's on my list. Oh, yeah. What? <laughs> we did Goodfellas. Oh. Yeah, okay. I guess that's the one we're missing. <laughs> <laughs> we're overlooking. <laughs> it was too obvious. Yeah. And we've done uh, Joe Pantaleone. Yeah. Do you remember what movie that was? No. The Matrix. It's way back. Oh, we didn't do the we Matrix. Didn't do, we didn't do the Matrix. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> no. <laughs> I didn't realize. I was talking about this with our one of our listeners, Dave. Hi, Dave. And uh, <laughs> he was like, uh, you did Let It Ride? I don't remember this. And I was like, oh, yeah, it was a long time ago. And then I, I didn't realize it was like my second pick. It was way, way. It was in that first, like, the li- first 10 listeners, if you, if you haven't been with us in the beginning, and bless you either way. But um, <laughs> the first, we dumped like 10 episodes out that we had done. Uh, really rough quality um, <laughs> even more pauses than we have now. Yeah, it's kind of like when we. I gotta say that our first ten episodes are kind of like seeing the Tracy Allman versions of The Simpsons. Yeah. Like everything, like they're not drawn the right way. Their voices aren't quite right. It's just, it just doesn't work. You're like, this is like fake Simpsons. It's not real Simpsons. Whereas now we're so polished and, and yeah, professional. Yeah, it, I mean these these episodes just fly by. Um, yeah, it's, uh, so wait, did we did running scared, right? No, No. we haven't done that either. We didn't do running scared. No, (laughs) No. (laughs) gosh, I have all these movies on my list. Seriously. So I've had, I've looked at that one on my list and I've been like, Oh, I think we already did that once. <laughs> that's why I mark on my list. I mark the ones that we, I like indent those. So I know we did those already. Oh, yeah, a little, I need, little hint for you. 
Thank you. Thank you, little <laughs> tipster. How to check boxes on list. Hey, you're, okay. the, you're the factoid. I can't do those, but I, I do other stuff. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I've always counted on you for organizational skills. <laughs> yes. And, and All the way back. <laughs> well known for that. Yeah. Uh, okay, so what did we do right. with, with uh, Joe in it? We, did, we, did. uh, we didn't do Goonies. What did we do? Wait. Am I am I messing him up with somebody else? I don't think we did anything with him in it, did we? Wait, did we do risky business? No. No. <laughs> oh, maybe well, he's not. I don't think that we've done him. Uh, hold oh, on. What, what am I thinking? <laughs> Who was in Let It Ride that I'm thinking of? That's well, that's not him, is he? Is he in that? I don't think he is. No. <laughs> So, we're all fucked up. Hagrid's in it. <laughs> Who's in it? Hagrid was in Let It Ride. Hagrid, oh, yes. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. And we did him uh, also in Goldeneye. And we, and we can't do Memento. Goldeneye? We did Goldeneye? We did, uh, yeah, that was my We pick. did Goldeneye. <laughs> oh, <laughs> right. It's not a bad Bond movie. No, not at all. I don't think we've done anything with Joe Pansley. Uh, I it, now it, I'm looking at his stuff. I don't think so. After the movie was over, I think it was. I think my wife said, yeah, asked me who that the guy who played Alonzo Mosley, the agent Mosley. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know that big black guy in the movie, yeah. and yeah, and <laughs> I was like, oh, he's in the Running Man, <laughs> just yeah. really because he's in fucking Alien. <laughs> It didn't even I, like I did it at the time. I was like, "Oh, he said he. Oh, he's just a, he's a dude in that uh, that terrible Arnold Schwarzenegger with the Running Man." She's like, "Oh, I don't know." <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Afet Koto. I apologize for forgetting you were an alien, which is a masterpiece. Yes, he wasn't that thrilled about making this movie. No, no, he, he, he yeah, he Martin Martin the, Brass, right? Yeah, he said he said Martin Brass kind of took all the fun out of it. That he was he was kept doing reshoots and oh right I read that there because there's so many yeah. takes yeah and he's always doing different things he said he didn't know if he was making a comedy or or drama right mm -hmm. he played wait did he he played he was in a Bond movie too right yeah I think he's in a oh jeez Louisa my brain is not helping me out at all huh. Like a, an like a '90s Bond movie? What? Uh, no, no, I don't. No. I think it was an older one. Oh, crud! I don't know. Interns. Freddy's dead. Yeah, the final nightmare. Uh, wait, he's no. He's yeah, yeah. I don't he's see in... anything. Who is he in Freddy's Dead, The Final Nightmare? <laughs> if you don't know, we're in trouble. He's not. No, no, it's a different dude. He's in Live and Let Die. Is that it? There you go. Yep. Good job. Why am I not seeing that? What year is that? Live and Let Die was like 1973. He's Mr. Big. Oh, mm. yes, 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 yes. Okay, I feel better. So we got his pond. <laughs> this has been a, crap. This is fantastic. We, I know that I love listening to people surf the internet. <laughs> like, and I know that there's hundreds of thousands of people out there just like me who can't wait. <laughs> it's a, there's like a play at home game where you can see, you can bet on whether or not we're going to figure out the reference we're talking about or not <laughs> right how long it will take <laughs> yeah will the factoid be complete and how many listeners we lose along the way <laughs> so was it <laughs> i recently had someone who was in their in their late 80s telling me about something that you could find on the internet oh which yeah yeah they're like you can find it on the internet wow that's great which, inf uh, it's useful like, information <laughs> it's like pretty much i think that you can find everything in the world yeah. on the internet at this point Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, yeah. Philip Baker Hall. 
Yes. In Midnight Run. That's the movie we're talking about. Plays a character named Sydney. Yes. And wasn't that his character's name in Heart 8, too? You know, it seemed familiar. And it is correct. It is, right? And yep. Paul Thomas Anderson's first film. Yep. I mean, that's that can't be a coincidence, right? I mean, Paul Thomas Anderson must have just done it as an amount because he likes Midnight Run, I would think. Yeah. Because who? I don't remember Hard Eight very well at all. What, what Philip Baker Hall's character in that? What, what is he? Is he a lawyer? Um, no, I don't Hard remember. Eight. What year? I don't even remember, remember what year Hard that eight. came out. No. Nineteen ninety six. It's. I don't know. I don't know if I've seen Hard Eight. Oh yeah, no, he plays a professional gambler. Yeah, I was to say, okay. isn't he the like one of the main gamblers? He is. He is. He's the main character. Yeah. yeah. I don't. I don't remember it well at all, though. I just remember the name. Like when he came on, I was like, "Oh, Philip Baker Hall," and they said his name was Sydney. I'm like, "What? That's interesting." I guess. Is he a <laughs> consigliere or is he like a, an attorney or something in in Midnight Run? What is his? Isn't that, isn't that kind of the same thing? Yeah, sort of. Not not always though. Not necessarily. No. 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 You can have more than one attorney, but you only have one consigliere. I don't think they really specify. Okay, well, whatever it is. I mean, he wasn't listening to him anyway. He kept saying, yeah. "I wouldn't do that," and he was like, "All right, well, I'm gonna do it." <laughs> Shut up, Sydney. <laughs> so, okay. let's talk about Danny Elfman. Yeah, that was a surprise to me. Yeah. Yeah. What? I saw that in the opening credits, and I was like, wow. And then the whole time, every time there was music, I was like, what? <laughs> it sounds nothing like him. Because the music in this is not, it's not great. You know, it's, it's very 80s. It's, it's stock. It's like, yeah. st- it's like stock action movie. Yeah, yeah. You know? So I'm like, Danny Elf. Bluesy sort of. You know, stop and start. They're vamping. Dun, 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 you know, they're just yeah, like, right, right. Every scene is like a little bit of a beat, and then it then it picks up when the like a helicopter comes in, and then it gets louder. And it's not bad. I don't. I wouldn't say no? it doesn't. I wouldn't say there's anything wrong with it. But it's it just it standards. Yeah. He didn't take any chances. Let's put it that way. <laughs> he, no, he didn't do anything that that set him out as who we know him to be. Yeah. Oh, definitely not. Wait, what, what, what? Well, what's weird is he, he's, if you look at his, uh, Danny Elfman's filmography. Yeah, we just I, did his first movie, which is Pee-wee. Eh, music and that was, him. and that was very it's, him. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And but that was also his first, right? That was his first. And we did um, A Simple Plan, which I forgot about, but he did that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he's the, in Midnight Run. He's the composer, the original score, just like Beetlejuice, mm-hmm. just like Big Top Pee Wee, which came right after Midnight Run. Was that great? But I was actually kind of curious about that because some of the at one point they have a song in there that sounds kind of like a you, you mentioned bluesy, and it sounded kind of like um, a change is going to come by Sam Cooke, and obviously no <laughs> lyrics. And I was like, and and I'd seen Danny Elfman's name at the beginning, and I was like, is is he, is this him ripping that song off, or is this just like a sl- like a instrumental, small bit of a song? I was kind well, of wondering what the story was. Yeah, I mean it all it all kind of sounds the same after a while, and that's I mean, the, I mean I don't we don't want to we don't want to dive this deep into music, but it's the twelve bar blues is a standard format that I mean this he doesn't really get that bluesy. It's just that it's more the instrumentation. It's like the guitar and then the you know the some horns coming in and I, I don't know. Um, I can't believe that people don't rip other people off knowingly all the time or not unknowing, whether it knowingly or unknowingly, it's got to happen all the time because there's only so many notes. There's 12 notes. What are you going to do? <laughs> right. Hmm. Are you, are you saying what could it be homage or something? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I just, I just was, was, um, curious. You know, Danny Elfman was, um, friends with, uh, Martin Bress since he was a film student. Oh, So they, they had a history together before 
before obviously before this movie um so that's that's how that came around and um you know elfman said that they used just a small ensemble instead of a larger orchestra so he said he was used to um you know having a larger large more choices i guess Mm. um so he felt it was a little it took a little while to get a hang of it to uh to score it yeah i mean he we think of him as you know mr tim burton and and that kind of music but you know his his body of work is pretty especially now these days he's been doing it forever yeah um and he's you know he's obviously i mean this his most probably recognizable thing ever is the Simpsons theme. So yeah, everybody knows that everybody likes it. I mean, you should like it. What the hell's wrong with you if you don't like it? I mean, he's he's composed the music scores for so many movies. Yeah, I mean, just so many better. movies. It's unbelievable. And yeah, it's all Danny Elfman stuff. But he's done. I mean, just all kinds of weird shit that you're like, what? He did a Civil Action. You know, Goodwill Hunting. Mm, Goodwill Hunting. It's I was like gonna say that one. And that's that's just. Just trying to pick out the ones that are so are so very different, or Hulk, Milk. Yang Lee movie, or Red Red Dragon, you know. Yeah, um, it's just crazy <laughs> how many there are, how busy he's been, and how different they can be, you know, from his elf, yeah. from his uh, you know Tim Burton stuff. Yeah, so from, what we th- from what we think of as you know the more recognizable Danny Elfman stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's true. We, we we recognize the quirky stuff. Um, I was trying to go the other direction, but it, but the um, on the uh, website here about Elfman's music, it says that um, that his that the soundtrack for this helped set the stage for future uh, buddy cop movies and the soundtrack that we expect to hear Mm -hmm. which i don't know if it's true i think i you know this is late 80s i feel like this sort of soundtrack existed by then hard to say um but they also say that he that this soundtrack directly influenced um nothing to lose and con air Um, (laughs) nice yeah so it's that's laughing at con air but right um, you can hear that. So yeah, yeah interesting. Yeah, it, it. I think that I didn't find it distracting. No, not distracting. It, like, um, Beverly's Hills Cop. <clears throat> um, is it Harold Faltermeyer? I believe. Yes. And he he did something different, and it became popular <clears throat> on, on its own. And you know, it's it's synonymous with the movie now. But at the time, I think that was kind of a risk too to sort of give him a weird theme and use synths and yeah you know but that didn't take off that was i don't know why we we think of that as axel foley music it just we just do because that's you know that's how it went down but for whatever reason i think that this this is this is the kind of music and whether or not it's this exact like blues stuff that he, he was doing that elfman was doing or just the way he did like the way he inserted it became synonymous with this kind of action comedy like just picking those those moments to to jump in and and jump out i don't know i mean <laughs> i'm going out over my skis again <laughs> talking about more than i know but it it i'm just saying that i think that it's tricky for someone anyone to like pick a new like a completely new thing and and make it popular you know without hearing somebody else do it a little bit something like it and then just saying okay well this is sort of acceptable like horror like horror music is all over the place but there are some there are some general rules to it right i mean it has to be tense has to be a little dissonant and like minor and stuff like that but and it has to be like unsettling like you don't put happy music in a horror movie so if this fun type of buddy uh you know odd couple comedy thing is is has kind of a shtick now it's because what else are you going to do like what how else are you going to how do you how do you musically 
demonstrate a friendship. You know, it's 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 tricky. I don't know. <laughs> but it is interesting that that you know these things have evolved. You know, over over decades that we now like you. It's just within the the pop culture you know universe yeah. that we we when we're going to hear certain songs now we associate with certain types of movies mm-hmm. you know that it's all evolved that way because it didn't it wasn't like that you know obviously you know 60 years ago or 70 and you, you really you really notice how strikingly different it is when you go and watch a 1950s film mm. and you're like and it doesn't have the music that you expect to fit with it you know yeah and so yeah and maybe and now people don't take risk i mean they, they've evolved you like you said you use the synthesizer i mean i think you know tangerine dream which we've talked about uh mm-hmm. before for um sorcerer and thief mm-hmm. um, which is why i think i had risky risky business in my mind but anyway but you know such a distinct sound for the time um but now sounds out of out of place and pretty different uh, movies too yeah so it, i don't know it's interesting or um the warriors right and they do that too did they i think i mean they've done a lot of they they were yeah, yeah they're resilient they have their own little hall of fame from i feel like years. um this is sort of a tangent, but or it's related. I feel we like we don't um, do that. <laughs> you know, Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross have been scoring films the last fifteen years or yeah. so. Yeah, and every time I hear it, it always makes me think of like the Tangerine Dream style of of, of scores. You know, from like the social uh, the social network and um, you know the Fincher movies they've done. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's just something. It just reminds you. And I always wonder, like, are they, are they is it intentional or, or like, are they, have, did they see those movies and think, think, wow, I really like those score and, you know, the music and I don't know. Just some, yeah, some musings, whatever. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> All right. I'm not seeing Tangerine Dream and the Warriors, so strike that no. one. Who was it? No, so. was it? Um, Barry Dvorsen? Oh, just some dude. Some dude. Just some friggin' dude. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, let's let. Come on. We're, we're <laughs> not on. ourselves if 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 we don't nitpick a little bit. Let's let's. All right. Let's get a nitpick right. in. But there's uh, this one's hard to nitpick. My I nitpick get, is the I music. Got done watching it, <laughs> and enough. I was like, "This is a really well done movie. It's really fun the whole way through." Yeah. You know, and maybe you could, maybe someone who's a little pickier than me who wants to nitpick could say that how they got into some of their situations is a, is a bit contrived, like, but it, I don't know. To me, I felt like that it, it flowed really naturally. Yeah. And it oh yeah. Just, you know, it's just a fun movie. I mean, that's, that's, that's why we have to spend so much time talking about the music. Cause it's like, <laughs> otherwise we're like, Hey, that, that was it. It was fun. Or I'll go back to my, that was awesome stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, my, my minor nitpick is, they go from Chicago to Amarillo, Texas. It's a very weird pathway. Mm-hmm. Anybody who's driven cross country would be kind of like, uh-huh. <laughs> like which highway? Yeah. What highway? What? Well, what I also on? think the train station that they end up with, and this is just because I know it. I think the train station which they first show up in is actually up in Connecticut. Um, I think I've pretty much been to that train station when they're outside. The FBI is trying to catch up with them the first time. Oh. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I don't think that's halfway across the Midwest. <laughs> that looks like it's near Westport, Connecticut. But anyway. Yeah. No, they take a goofy pathway. But nobody knows. Nobody, nobody <laughs> in New York knows that Texas isn't between Chicago and California and L.A. Directly. Well, it is. It is. It is, though. <laughs> It is. Amarillo's in in North Texas, north the northern, like the the little the square part at the top, and Los Angeles is very low in California. Is very south in California. It it is kind of like if you look at a map, it it, it's kind of on the way. Well, kind of is just right now. Look at a map. 
I'm bringing it up. <laughs> Go to Google Maps. Google Maps. Type in directions go. from Chicago to Amarillo driving. Google Maps for all your map needs. <laughs> okay. And if you steal a bunch of money from the mob, are you really going to have it in $1,000 bills? No. Well, no? if that's all they had available to steal. No. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I couldn't have been just to pay off that last line. Looks like I'm walking. <laughs> He's just like, what are you, a fucking comedian? Thousand dollars. <laughs> you break a thousand. <laughs> That's like that scene and I'm going to get you so I go with Chris Rock. <laughs> How much for order ribs? <laughs> and then Danny says, do you have change for a hundred? <laughs> Uh, all right. So, but if you're in a car, well, I mean, it could, it could be a deleted scene. It could have been a reason because he did you had, look at a map? I'm looking. I'm, <laughs> I'm, like, I'm pinching with my fingers. It's here. not that. It's not that outrageous. All right. So Chicago, he would take fifty five down to St. Louis. I was gonna say this sounds like uh, ah, right. The, uh, no, he's he's got Oklahoma a City so so pretty. Come on, we're taking Route sixty six here. <laughs> yeah, he's got. Yeah, you got me. Damn it! <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> it's pretty pretty good pretty good route there. All right, shit. Yeah. So it's a perfect movie then. Okay. Yep. Yep. There we go. Concluded. What are we doing next? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we are kind of getting to the end here. Are we getting, getting a little long winded? All right. So is it my pick? It's my pick. Right? Yeah. Yes. You're going to actually leave the 80s? You're going to nope. take a risk here? We're not. <laughs> no. No, stay in the comfort zone. We're going way back to 1987. Oh. <laughs> oh that's a whole year earlier. Yeah, we got to recalibrate our <laughs> sensibilities here. Okay. And we're going to go gonna... with a movie written and directed by James L. Brooks. Okay. Again. Mm hmm. What do you mean again? Who did we mean? We've had a. We've we've had uh Do we do that? What Albert Brooks? your life? Or? Yeah, but that's Albert Brooks. Oh wait, you said James Brooks. Sorry. James L. Brooks. <laughs> I, sorry. James Brown? Was, What's going on? Yeah. Rain wasn't working. James Brooks. Okay. Eighty uh eighty seven. Okay. Mm-hmm. Nominated for seven Oscars. Jesus. Um not so coincidentally, Albert Brooks is in it. Is he or in? Maybe it is coincidentally. I don't know. <laughs> Did he do Parenthood? Uh, no, that's Ron Howard. Oh, <laughs> so he'll never. Pick I don't that know one. what he <laughs> what he's done in the eighties. I can't. I don't. You know. I feel like I should know well, his filmography. He better, did Terms of it, Endearment. He did like as good as it gets. I that mean, was later. That, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. But I can't remember what he's really famous for. So that sucks. All right. Uh, it's a drama, also, also, uh, Yeah, it's drama. I mean, it's funny. I mean, it's like James L. Brooks. Like, tonally, his films tend to sort of skew comedy or drama with some comedic elements, right? Right. So uh, there's there's three leads in it. Albert Brooks, Holly, Holly Hunter, and uh, William Hurt. Oh, it's the oh, news it's one. That, yeah, yes. broadcast news? Yes. God darn it. <laughs> yeah, I would have never pulled that out. Without more hints. Yeah, I yeah. Needed, needed all that. Yeah. I don't know. Is it I, watchable I have seen somewhere? It. Um, I think so. I mean, like, somewhere free. <laughs> <laughs> or quasi-free. <laughs> and by that, I mean free, yes. Uh, let's see. Where right, can you watch broadcast it. news? Looks like uh, you can watch it on... Rent it. On... <laughs> Real good says Cinemax. <laughs> Does that still exist? It is? No, 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 it doesn't. Oh. It's now it, they combine HBO and Cinemax. Now it's just called Max. Oh, you know, I, I, I still, didn't even I get still that. call it HBO. <laughs> <laughs> I never knew why they called it Max. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why they leaned uh, into the Cinemax part of the branding there, and not HBO, which has yeah. a far better track record. And well, absolutely, whatever. yeah, it's really strange. So anyway, uh, I don't know if it's if you can watch it there or not. I don't know. <laughs> on, on Max, I don't know. 
One more incomplete factoid. We've had a dozen now. We're we're we can we're complete. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, the where where you can watch it was the incomplete factoid. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Places. All right. Indeed. Interesting. Interesting pick for you, I think. Yeah. Have you, you haven't seen it for a while? I'm guessing. I have not seen it in quite a long time. That should be interesting. Indeed. <laughs> That's Until then, I would say that this has probably been our best review. Yeah. I'm looking yep. at the numbers. This is, yeah. Yeah. This, this edges out the others. Yeah. Just the interns just gave me the thumbs up. <laughs> Good. They confirmed. Oh, with the, research. The nitpick I was going to go with, which, I, which is something I would... <laughs> Like in my memory of this movie, I'm like, he's always saying, "Hey, Marvin," and then he's smacking him in the face. <laughs> yeah. Well, I like actually like it because, you know, they use it a lot. But then it sets up the end when he doesn't look. Right. And, and they're coming right at him. <laughs> right. I was like, oh, that's perfect. That really. I don't know why. Like, some reason Robert and you're Marvin, Marvin. Like when he screamed, Marvin, Marvin. Like, it, it, it just cracks me up. Like it's, it's funny. just insane how funny I find it. <laughs> It like really sells it. Ah, shit. I don't think broadcast news is on Max. <laughs> it's not on Max. Okay. I think it's a, strictly a rental. We'll make it work. All That's right. what we do. Make it work. Yeah. Defending your life is there. But, can we can just uh, watch that one again, right? <laughs> sure. Same thing. All, All right, right. that's enough movie buff. I'm out. Yeah. I'm staying here. You guys can go. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Thanks for listening. <laughs> it's got a lot of acting.